This is a Soulfire production. I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am to release today's episode. I have been wanting to facilitate this conversation and release this episode for so long. Today, I have my dear friends Mimi and Chase from the Medicine Podcast on the show to discuss the full story of their relationship. If you're not already familiar with Mimi and Chase, like I said, they co-host the Medicine Podcast. Mimi has been on this podcast before. On episode 285, if you want to check that out, we talk all about her background as a dental hygienist moving into holistic health and all about AHCC, which I think we all know I am obsessed with. It was huge in transforming my life and helping me to heal from Lyme disease. It is a super powerful immune booster. I can't say enough things about AHCC. I get everybody in my life on it, which by the way, if you do want to get your hands on it, if you purchase from Mimi at getmimifit.com, you can use the code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A for 10% off. So that episode with Mimi was episode 285 if you want to listen to the first time she came on the podcast. But this time, I really wanted to have her and Chase on to talk about their relationship. I know them personally, so I've I've heard quite a bit around their relationship, but I didn't hear as much as we're going to cover today. And it was just such an honor to hold space for this. And their story is so inspiring to me. It is so beautiful. It's such a unique relationship story that I know a lot of people connect with in different ways, even if the same thing didn't happen to you, which might not have because it's a pretty unique situation. But Mimi and Chase were childhood sweethearts, got married in their early 20s. And after three years, they uh, divorced, separated, thought they would never see each other again. They both hit physical, emotional, mental, spiritual rock bottoms, and then went on these intense paths of personal development, spiritual growth, overcoming different health issues. They were on those individual paths. And after three years of that, (laughs) they crossed paths again. And uh, six months later, Mimi moved back in with Chase and they started part two of their relationship. So they are happily together now in part two. They are technically ex-husband and ex-wife, but now they're together (laughs) and so happy. And they teach all about conscious relationships, how to create a passionate partnership, how to reignite the spark in your relationship, masculine, feminine, energy balance, all things relationships. And with that foundation of the personal growth, the spiritual growth, taking care of your health, they're obviously both extremely passionate about health and wellness as well and see that as the foundation to a healthy relationship, which I can't agree with more, but I just love them both. And their story is so interesting. And I was so excited to facilitate this conversation. I've been asking them forever and I learned so much in this conversation. It really moved me. I mean, I was, I was crying multiple times and I'm just so, so honored to not only have them as as dear friends to me, they're just such incredible souls, but honored that they were willing to open up so vulnerably and share their story. And I feel like it's so inspirational because it really is a testament to if you're meant to be with somebody, you'll find your way back to each other. And also an example of how people can become completely different people and the dynamic can completely change. You never know how a relationship is going to end up, where it could come back together. If you feel like 
you love someone and you feel like it's just not going to work. Well, what if there are ways to shift the energy? You know, you just never know. So it is a longer episode, but it is so worth the listen. And this is the only podcast I'm going to drop this this week so you can, you know, keep up (laughs) with the content. But I cannot wait for you to hear this. So if you want to connect more with Mimi and Chase, you can find them on Instagram. Mimi is at Mimi underscore the medicine. Medicine does not have an E. And you can also head to the medicine podcast on Instagram. And Chase's handle is at the underscore Chasen underscore one O-N-E. And depending on when you listen to this episode, the website to learn more from them, check out HCC, check out their upcoming offerings, offerings related to creating conscious partnership and shifting energy in your relationship. You can head to their website, which is getmemefit.com. But if you're listening to this later, it will be themedicine.com, T-H-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N.com. So many incredible lessons, insights, edge of my seat moments in this podcast. I know it will move you the same way it moved me and I can't wait for y'all to listen. So without further ado, enjoy this conversation with my dear friends, Mimi and Chase. I think we all know how picky I am when it comes to what I put in and on my body. And when it comes to supplements, I am so particular about quality. And this is why I am obsessed with Paleo Valley. All of their products are gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, and made from only organic whole foods. And taking supplements that are truly whole foods-based makes the world of a difference. All kinds of people take supplements that are really doing nothing for them, have weird fillers and extra ingredients, and that can actually be working against you. So if you want to notice a difference, make sure that you're paying attention to quality. This is why I love Paleo Valley. And some of the supplements that I take every single day are their Essential C Complex, which is by far the best vitamin C I've ever used. I've tried so many vitamin Cs with all of the detox protocols I've been on, and this is my favorite one by far. Most vitamin C supplements are derived from GMO corn and have only a fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid, but Paleo Valley's Essential C Complex has the entire spectrum with no synthetic vitamin C, just organic superfoods. This is great for your immune system, boosting the immune system. It is amazing for naturally increasing energy and reducing fatigue. It's also great for regulating your cortisol levels and amazing for the skin. Another product that I am obsessed with is their apple cider vinegar complex. This is amazing for stabilizing your blood sugar and helping to control any sugar cravings. It's also really great for digestion and naturally increasing your stomach acid levels. What I love about this is I get all of the benefits of apple cider vinegar, but I don't have that wear and tear on my tooth enamel, which has come up before with my dentist. So I get all of the benefits because I'm truly obsessed with ACV. It makes a huge difference in how I feel during the day, but I don't want the negative effects of the apple cider vinegar damaging my tooth enamel. So that is why I love, love, love their apple cider vinegar complex. I also always have their turmeric on hand, which is amazing for naturally reducing inflammation, supporting brain health, supporting immune health, cardiovascular health. Anytime I have any physical pain, if I have a breakout, if I have any inflammation of any sort, I take this and it is like a night and day the next day. I cannot recommend it enough. Those are some of my go-to products, but I truly love their entire line. Their 
bone broth protein. Their superfood bars actually always have like four or five in my bag at a time. Their grass-fed organ complex, all of it is incredible. So if you want to get your hands on some of their products and try them out, then you can head to paleovalley.com and use my code Christina15 for 15% off. So that is paleovalley.com, P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and my code Christina15, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-1-5 will get you 15% off. Chase when we would start when we first started podcasting because he'd be just like on a riff and he wouldn't know when I because I would be recording on my computer Mm -hmm. and I would just be like record because he'd be like in the middle of saying something bizarre or weird (laughs) or whatever and then sometimes I would leave it in there (laughs) but I I don't don't, yeah well well, it was funny like and kind of cute at first and then one time she got me singing like a I was singing with a like a fake like twang accent like a country singer yeah. and it left it in there until and so I, I showed up on a monday listening to the episode and i was like gently stop that kindly don't yeah. oh my god you remember what the song was it was uh, like break yeah it was that one it was the auction like the auction reader type yeah. country song yeah, yeah. Felt, oh i felt pretty foolish and then we got into like a really serious topic oh my god yeah, well stuff. that's that's the gold. It's right before you mm-hmm. you start recording. It's like yeah. when the best things are. And then yeah. it's like, oh, I should have been recording. But uh-huh. okay. I, that was my goal. Is I, I just wanted, well, like part of our podcast is, is us and people knowing us. And Chase is, that, that's just who he is. And it, I didn't, I was not trying to embarrass him. It was yeah. like, I want people to know who we are, totally. like the weird shit too. Yeah. And, and, uh, 100%. So it was less like, oh, I'm going to get him. It was more like, <laughs> this is us. We're weirdos. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not listening to sleep over it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need to go back and, and listen to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I want to get started with the questions I ask all my guests, mm. uh, which I didn't ask you last time. So this will be fresh. Yeah. Right. So some of these might overlap, but I guess I'll ask separately. So first is what is your morning routine? How do you like to start your day? Mm. You want me to go first? Go ahead. So my morning starts with this beautiful human, my king, my love, waking me up gently, rubbing my back, whispering in my ear, um, telling me he loves me, telling me he's, be- <laughs> he's beautiful. I'm beautiful, telling me, <laughs> telling me I'm beautiful. beautiful I um, and basically he's just gently waking me up because he's already been up for about an hour. Um, sorry, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but it's like the most magical way that I could even ever imagine waking up is by having him, like him expressing love to me. And when I'm like, you know, in still magical dreamland. It's so wonderful. That's probably one of the best parts of my day <laughs> every day. That. Um, and then I kind of just slowly get up and I immediately make my King coffee, my King coffee yes. elixir, get a tall glass of water with my minerals. And I am sitting down and usually reading like a spiritual based book right now. I'm reading, um, the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible by Charles Eisenstein. So it's usually some sort of self-development, usually targeted, you know, in the spirituality space. And I usually read slash journal uh, for about an hour. Red light in there, little kind of mindfulness, quiet. Sometimes I'm, you know, pulling an oracle card and talking to my guides. And um, and then I get into my movement. So it's usually some some form of lifting and um, then come back, eat breakfast and ready for my day. 
Love that. Mm -hmm. I know what book you're reading next. Wink, wink. Yours? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Better be mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, want, I want a signed copy. Oh, I will absolutely sign a copy. Uh, I saw you posted your list of like favorite reads and I'm like, God, I gotta get in there. <laughs> gotta get in there. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. What about you? All right. Morning routine. So I'm up pretty early, usually uh, between four and four thirty. And I am. What time do you go to sleep? Uh, I'm usually asleep. Nine, nine to oh, ten. Okay. Yeah, unless I'm just completely exhausted, like a night. Oh, like you don't last need that many, where... much sleep. Yeah. No. I, I, if I get six, if I get yeah. six, I'm good. Wow. There will cool. be a day where I'm getting eight. I swear. Yeah. I swear I'll I'll be able to do it. At <laughs> uh, this time in my life, I wake up and I'm pretty much ready to conquer the the universe. All right. I get up out of bed. I have a, a tall glass of water with some minerals, and then um, I make two cups of hot beverages. One, the first cup is a large, um, what I call my mud. This is before mud water was a thing, by the way. We've, so we've heard about this. You've heard mud. about the mud. It's a yeah. host of medicinal mushrooms, a bunch of other adaptogens, and then I add, of course, uh, some some chocolate in the form of Organifi chocolate mm -hmm. gold or Organifi uh, chocolate protein. And I throw that in there to kind of like wash out what is a quite bitter taste <laughs> from the rest of these uh, adaptogen and, and superfoods that I'm putting in this What do you, what do you like water. to put in there? Uh, everything. You want, you want to hear it all? I mean, if you want. All right. I got at least four or five medicinal mushrooms. Uh -huh. I have black ant powder. I have uh, Shilajit, which is a, uh, a beautiful like tar-like adaptogenic substance from like the Himalayan mountains. Um, I am adding organified chocolate gold, organified chocolate protein. Um, and then I cycle through a host of other different things that I'm trying in there. It might be ashwagandha, might be nettle root. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm crushing that thing usually within the first 20 minutes of waking. After that, I then have a uh, King Coffee. So I'm trying to postpone caffeine a little bit until my cortisol is sort of naturally raised without yeah. um, caffeine eliciting that that stress response um, so I wait usually yeah 30 45 minutes before I have caffeine um, in kind of the meantime I am getting in front of red light therapy so a juve light panel and doing some form of meditation I'll be honest sometimes my mind is on a million other things besides meditation but I'm trying to spend at least 10 to 15 minutes uh, in stillness and uh, after that I'm taking my coffee down pretty quickly, but I'll start a podcast during that point in time and then slowly start moving my body, um, moving my body with a host of different rubber bands, like exercise resistance bands. Um, I <laughs> a little, one. Yeah. little, you know, on my fingers, all fingertips and toes. <laughs> right. we that's uh, yeah, that's a pretty underrated uh, health hack out there. If nobody's ever, nobody's ever looked into it, but you definitely should. Um, and, and then right around that time, it's been usually an hour or so. And I, I walk into my bedroom and, and wake up, uh, my beloved with <laughs> my uh with my hands and my lips mm -hmm. and it's just an absolute blast it's just uh such a gift to me to be able to to do that and have the surrender of your trust mm -hmm. for me to be able to wake you up like that yeah i mean i i don't think i can ever go back to an alarm clock now like oh yeah it would be like uh, an assault on my nervous system totally. now after getting woken up by like touching and rubbing and kisses versus like eh, 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 like i would uh, no i can't change your whole day yeah your entire day yeah and and we can get into this later now but there's a really is a reason that i do that and and it was premeditated um going back to our marriage 
there was such little opportunity for me in an in a balanced state to communicate to Megan. And fortunately in this, and there was a host of reasons for that, you know, travel, um, stressors, even the, the way that I prioritized my day didn't include this, this dedicated time in the morning to be still. And so the fortune that I have now is that I'm able to wake up. And for me being a morning person, the morning is my most balanced state. So in that moment, I can't help but feel this overwhelming feeling of like love. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to make that communication now that I have this second shot at being in a relationship with Megan. I'm going to make that communication when I'm in my most balanced state always. That's going to be the foundation for the day. That's going to be the foundation for our life. And even if I drop the ball or things get in the way from our environment throughout the course of the day, at least we can say, hey, when you were in your most balanced state, you communicated the following to me. And mm-hmm. that was this I love you. I love us. I love this life. It's going to be an incredible day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says that to me a lot. It's going to be such a good day. That's such a great tip because I feel like so many people feel like they're like, I didn't have time to talk about it. I didn't have time to express it. Right. And it's like, what are your priorities? The same way mm-hmm. you want to work out, yeah. do it yeah. earlier. You're more likely to consistently do it. Yeah, right. Exactly. What are you prioritizing in your day? And I feel like that's so powerful. It's like the first thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there we go. Love that. And then are you starting to work when she's kind of doing her exercise and um yeah meditation and yeah stuff? so some days i will work i used to work almost immediately and i've definitely tried to change that over the last year or so um but i'm likely getting in more intense exercise so where i'll be actually getting into uh like res- real resistance training and weightlifting um gotcha. before i start my work day yeah cool yeah we kind of we coordinate times using the gym and everything, but we're, we're both moving our bodies and yeah. lifting usually in the morning. Yep. There we go. All right. Love it. Next up. What is a product that you're loving right now? You guys are great people to ask this. Just one. I, well, I'll speak to what we just had right before um, we pushed record. I had some Kava Euphoria from Essential Oil Wizardry. And that's um, one of the brands and partners that we've come to know and love. And uh, Nick, Dr. Nick Berry, shout out. He is the like an actual wizard when it comes to essential oils. And he calls them plant allies. And <laughs> he concocts these beautiful blends. And um, Kava is a really wonderful plant ally. And it, it creates this sort of euphoric slash chill feeling in you and I I I love and it's also like opening Mm. for me so like I'll have it before you know we sit down to podcast or before we interview somebody for our podcast and I can just feel like a a heart opening but at the same time like you know how you can kind of be amped for an interview yeah and that kind of energy can sort of not be what you want to put out there and so this just is like a it's a good balance of chill and euphoric so it's a tincture that we put under our tongue and um it's it's a beautiful beautiful experience and product love that mm-hmm. amazing what about you what do you want to i'm shout out to? i'm pretty fired up right now about uh the brand keon mm-hmm. uh our, our dear friends at keon and their new protein um so they they released a protein a vanilla a plain and a chocolate and we have both the vanilla and the chocolate, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's a whey protein, which for me has been a long time since I've taken away. Yeah. I grew up taking away, you know, muscle milks and, you know, the garbage at like any just regular grocery store or Costco and basically living with gas and bloating. 
Like yeah, that's just your baseline. You just the baseline <laughs> yeah. is a is a constant farty party yeah. when you're taking most whey protein. And so for a long and not to mention just just the fact that, you know, God knows where this is coming right. from and, and the dairy uh quality associated with a lot of these whey proteins. So Keon is not only trusted because we know them and they're friends, but uh it's grass fed, grass finished, uh, you know, mm-hmm. cows where this is coming from. Um, it's really low calorie, which, which isn't a huge deal to me from a calorie perspective, but it is nice to, to know that I can sort of like have this and, and not expect it to be a meal's worth of calories, mm-hmm. whether that's in a shake or something else. Well, there's no fillers either. There's no fillers. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it tastes delicious. So oh, it's huge so shout good. out to you those do guys. It too? Yes. Yeah. It's probably honestly like, and I love Organifi's too, um, which is plant based and we like to kind of alternate, but ke- this Keon protein is probably my favorite I've ever had. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. it's, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of like a protein trifecta. So I've got Paleo Valley's bone broth protein, yeah. uh, which is great for your gut and has collagen. Uh, i got whey protein now with Keon and then Organifi's glyphosate free plant based protein. It's a protein trifecta. <laughs> you put all of them in. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. All three? I'll do a smoothie bowl. Wow. With with all three, yeah. What else? It's an all star game. Or just that in some nut milk. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'll bulk it up. Yeah, we, this could be an entire podcast. Okay. Seriously, <laughs> his, his his smoothie bowl is legit. It's legit. It, I mean, quickly chia, <laughs> chia seeds, uh, maca, um, maybe a little PB powder, uh, maybe some cacao nibs, uh, about you know eleven to twelve ice cubes, uh, <laughs> ice water, uh, or even a little splash of almond milk, um, coconut milk powder. Uh, What's giving you volume? Protein and the uh, and uh, ice, ice yeah. and and doesn't it spinach? Icy? It no? doesn't. No, no. He, uh, I got, got frozen spinach in there as well. I put um, I'll put fruit in it, like like berries, mm-hmm. and then the key is to put it in the freezer, thirty minutes, and just you know stir it up every every five to ten minutes. And this thing is a, it's like a it's like nice. a Wendy's frosty. Wow. It's just delicious. It's an ordeal. It's an ordeal. It, it gets yeah. a, it's a forty minute smoothie bowl. It's, it's a ceremony. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a ritual. I love it. It's sexual. Wow. <laughs> there, I might need you to make me one of those sometime. Yeah. yeah. I'll come over for next breakfast. time. Yeah, next time in. you come over, we'll yeah. There we'll we got go. You. Oh my gosh, that's epic. Okay, amazing. So next is what's a topic you're really into right now, learning about outside of what you specialize in. Mm. something you're geeking out over do you have one yeah um oddly enough after years of self-development spirituality you know business coaching and development that i've just feasted upon i have over the last month or so found it very refreshing to follow whether that's podcasts or live events sports and i am finding it so novel in 2021 to have something that is unpredictable yeah, <laughs> and something that's not curated yeah, and finding it very refreshing. I'm finding it to be a reprieve for my brain at this moment, which is quite stimulated and frustrated by just the way that our world is working right now, which is you can't trust a single headline. Uh, God knows, uh, you know, what is coming out of people's mouths, whether it's the truth or whether it's for some, you know, ulterior motive. And so oddly enough, I'm finding live sports, whether that be college football, uh, you know, an NFL game or recently basketball to be just refreshing. And I'm, I'm not saying that I can have the attention span to watch more than, you know, a few quarters, but I do find it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I have two and I was trying to, I was oscillating which one, um, but I'll go with one that my heart said and not my head. 
I just today I had an appointment before we came here. I'm going to start. Um, I'm volunteering at this pause clinic. Um, it's for animals and, and it's a no kill shelter on Coronado. And I'm sort of geeking out over it because I, uh, I have a little soft spot for little creatures and, um, this is the longest that I've gone without one. And, and there is something magical like it's an extra sense or something that we have when you connect with a, a little empathetic creature like that and feeling the love, like especially cats. I love cats. I'm such same, a cat lady. Same. Uh, I always and, joke, dogs hate me. And I always, I'm like, it's because I'm a cat. Like they like come after me and everybody's like, why did dogs like literally jump, like lunge at you? I'm like, I am a cat. So I you, do, you do have cat energy yeah, for I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Big cat energy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm leaning into that and I just decided to start volunteering, even though I don't have like a ton of like extra free time, just like to go do whatever. But I, I, I'm sort of treating it like therapy. Yeah. Um, just removing myself from the grind and, you know, creating and things like that. Um, and just knowing that it's something that my heart wants and, um, not only like receiving that love and that connection, but also giving at the same time, like these animals need connection mm -hmm. and they need to you know, that loving connection before they're hopefully adopted. So, um, I just was, today was my first day and wow. I had a connection with a few kitties and I cannot wait. Oh. I'm so jealous. Yeah. It was, oh, gosh, it's magical. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I highly recommend. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I want to do something like that. I need it's my, just, I need my cat fix. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Come on down and yeah. we'll hang out. Yeah. Hang Wait, out can you kiddies. have, can you bring visitors? Like, could I come? Well, you have to go through like a training, like a volunteer training because oh. there's like a certain, yeah. like learning how to handle the animals and how, you know, like yeah. how to just be around them and, yeah. and the policies and procedures of the clinic. And, um, but you could, I mean, I'm sure you have one close to yeah. you up here. This yeah. sounds so fun. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, last thing is, um, Astrology, human design, Enneagram, mm -hmm. we just need to type you. So what yeah. do you know? So I am a Leo sun sign, cat, big cat. Um, I am Taurus rising and a Libra moon. Oh, love that. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And we, your human design is a self-projected projector. Three, five. Three, five. Yeah. And Good I don't, stuff. I don't know enough about all the tiny little details. Um, uh, Mar gives us the idea. Martyr and that's the three five. Yeah, three yeah. five. Yeah, yes. Cool. Love that's it. Me. Okay. What about you? What do you know? Um, I know that I'm a type three enneagram. Okay. Uh, I know that I'm a generator. Yes. And I don't kind of know the other accessories that go around that. And then I am a Gemini. Are you a Gemini sun? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Love I forget it. what your moon and rising yeah, are. I, I, I played Sorry. it out, but Adrian. I. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Hope she's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I think we got the idea. Amazing. Yeah. That makes sense. Wait. So, oh, I love this. So Gemini and Libra, your Libra moon. Mm -hmm. So I've been a lot recently going into like relationship astrology and I'm not an astrologer. So, but I'm just saying like looking at the, the sun and the moon of the partner and seeing how they balance each other out. And you have like the Gemini twins, Libra, uh, the, the Gemini sun, Libra moon, like that's super balancing. So it makes so much sense. That's consistent with yeah. what our astrologer has told yeah. us. There we go. Yeah. I've just been cruising the dark hole of the internet. And that's that's <laughs> what I arrived at. I know all kinds of random shit now. Um, and that is what we're here to talk about. I'm so excited. So, um, I feel honored that you guys are willing to come on the show and share your relationship story. And I think you guys 
Well, I know you have been such expanders for me. And mm-hmm. I feel like I always reference you when it comes to relationships and like your chemistry is just, it's, in, it's palpable. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. It's like, you guys have this, your own auric field, <laughs> you know? And I think what's so cool about you both is if somebody met you now, you would never guess the history you've had. Mm-hmm. And I think so often people look at couples who they just have it. They just mm-hmm. have it. And they think it's always been that way. And you guys have been through a lot to get here, you know? And I just think that you have, well, you have the coolest relationship story I've ever heard. And I know that I have had the privilege of like hearing more just personally. And I'm just excited for other people to hear this too, because I think it's going to be really, really expansive. And I want to start from the beginning. I mean, you guys met when you were babies, basically. (laughs) Basically, like like 12, like 16. Very much children. Yeah. So yeah, share more about when you met. So uh, you want to start? Sure. And and thank you for holding the space. We have this rich story, um, but we've been hesitant to share it. One, because we never want it to be like, how to save your marriage. You know, like the the marketing (laughs) garbage that is around relationships. And it's been so sacred to us to have this history Mm -hmm. and this story and this, you know, reconciliation. Um, So thank you so much for being the safe space and the the trustworthy space to, to host this. But yeah, we go... We go way back. Um, uh, childhood, really. Spokane, Washington is where it's at. And uh, we are uh, interacting with each other as teenagers, like 14, 15 years old. We, we are introduced to each other. Um, How did and- you meet? I transferred Christian schools. So I went from Valley Christian to Northwest Christian my uh, freshman year of high school. Chase was two grades younger, um, but very clearly a man. Like he is sprouting pecs and has a beard (laughs) and like i just noticed like damn this school has really hot seventh graders yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that was about it like just you know Mm -hmm. seeing and knowing of each other but i transferred to his school that he had gone to since kindergarten and uh transferred with with my best friend and and um yeah and we 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 basically just hung out we did the same shit you know went to went to high school football games together uh we ended up playing high school sports together riding uh to and from away games on the same bus and hanging out with really similar people funny enough we we hung out for quite a while before we actually you know mm-hmm. became boyfriend and girlfriend like were you hanging out one-on-one or like just no in groups? just in, in like, like friend groups, groups yeah okay. yeah gotcha. cool yeah yeah and then we uh just had great chemistry and, and eventually got to the point where it was like, Hey, do you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend? You know how <laughs> yeah. that goes in, in high school. And, uh, oddly enough, it was just such a mature relationship. Even at mm-hmm. that age, Megan was the first girl I ever kissed. Uh, my first girlfriend, you know, for, for whatever that's worth in, in, in kind of like that middle school time frame. Um, but it was just always deep friendship. You know, I look back mm-hmm. on it now and put narrative towards it. Like, wow, we absolutely have spent other lifetimes together. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was this soul recognition and this puzzle piece fit that, um, you know, still rings true to this day, but, but felt so natural then. And mm-hmm. even in our, our dating life, which was through the remainder of high school for both of us, Megan, Megan went on to Arizona state and went to college and we, and we maintained our, uh, teenage relationship through her college departure. And, uh, it was always just so mature. We never had this sort of like kind of petty yeah you know like in high school like the kids we definitely both had friends where you break up and get back together and you 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 like threaten each other with like i'm gonna break up with you and like they're just the kids that like are constantly like on a roller coaster and we never had that we were just our friendship was so deep and we never like 
really fought. Like we never had like one fight, you know, in our, in our high school and college, like dating years. In fact, um, as Megan was going to college and we, she was wrapping up high school, uh, Megan was essentially a part of my family and just spent summers with us. Uh, we had a lake home in, in North Idaho that's just absolutely beautiful and it's such a sacred place for us. Uh, when we were when we were 16 and 17, uh, we're laying on the end of the dock one night, like literally staring up at the at the starry night sky. And there's, I kid you not, like 20 shooting stars. It was exa- it was 13, wow. which is my like family number. And, and Megan was going to college. And we just sort of looked at each other and we're like, I want to stay together. Like, I want to stay together forever. Like, yeah. Like that level of just almost like channeling something divine. And uh, man, it's such a spiritual moment. I'm getting chills all over my body just thinking about it. But we, we did, man. Mm-hmm. We stuck it out through college and then through- ASU, no less right. like Arizona state, which if, <laughs> I mean, that's a huge party school. Yeah. I never, I never partied. Like I didn't go to one party and we just, we made it work. And like, we could probably write a book on Where long were you distance. At? I was in Spokane. So yeah. yeah, I was still up in Washington state. Um, and then when I got to college, I stayed locally in, in Washington and Megan transferred back, um, to Washington state as well. And so I finished up my college, uh, life in Washington. Megan spent a couple years back in Washington and then finished her, uh, dental hygiene degree in Oregon. But, but it was all a lot of time together, which was, which was very fortunate and great. And, uh, sure enough, my, my senior year as is so encouraged and kind of the Christian space, which is what we come out of, is this is a pretty traditional Christian environment, yeah. uh, is to, if you're going to live together, you better get married. Right. <laughs> yeah. You would have loved the proposal though. It was decked out Harry Potter. So you don't, <gasps> How I don't, did I not know this. I, I yeah. don't know. I don't even know if you knew it. We were like crazy Harry Potter fans. Um, what? Yeah. So oh, yeah. this, okay. So Ish. this was actually, you're going to love this too. This was December 12, uh, December 21st, 2012, the, the day that the world was supposed to end. Right. Yeah. And so I show up to Chase's family's house to have dinner and my family's going to come later. And I show up and like, I can see that, you know, his dad texted me. He was like, Hey, go through the back door. I'm doing some construction on the front door. I was like, okay. So I go through the back door and I see that all the like lights are off, but there's like some, some like tea lights inside. And I was like, what is going on? Oh my God. So I don't see anybody. Yeah. And I open the door to the back door and he has made this just insane Harry Potter land where it like started with a poem. Like he wrote this poem in like Harry Potter, like jargon on like this, like burnt, like parchment. And there was like an owl with it. And so I go, I'm going through and there's this path, this lighted path. And on the, the, their family surround sound is the theme song to Harry Potter. And so they're guiding me through the kitchen. So his, his parents had this like 20 foot long slab, like Island in their kitchen. And it was covered like, every, every inch of it was covered in photos of us and in photo, photo frames. And I still, there, there's no one. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> very clearly like, I know what's happening yeah. now, but there's no one. And so I'm like, this is kind of like surreal. And like, I'm waiting for someone to like pop yeah. out. And so like, I'm like losing my shit, but I'm, I'm like, you know, keep going through and it's around Christmas time. Oh yeah. I said December 21st. And so it guides me through into the formal dining room. And there's this like, you know, 12 by 12, um, beautiful calligraphy and it says after all this time 
always which if you know harry potter you know you know what that is and there was like a picture of us and then it guided me down into the formal living room um where there's the tree and it's huge it's like a 12 foot tree and right in the middle with a with a spotlight on it is this golden snitch (laughs) so it's this it's this golden ball that opens and it's got these beautiful silver wings on it that i i I think my sister made right so my sister made these beautiful wings and i'm so i go and like open it and there's this beautiful ring inside and then chase comes out from the like the shadows (laughs) um, from the side and gets down on a knee and then there's mistletoe above me and um you know professes his love and that he wants to be with me forever and i was like i just said of course and that was it that was it oh yeah yeah. i'm shook how did i not know that do we have pictures do we have video like yeah, there's like a video somewhere. We did a really bad job of documenting, yeah. honestly. That's but epic. It's on a flip phone somewhere. Yeah, right. Wow. It's like on, a, on an NV3. Oh or my something. gosh, I had no idea. I have chills. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we, we it was were. It was. It was a big. It was great job. Definitely woven into our love story, yeah. like the, the Harry Potter and everything. But wow, um, yeah, it was and you were, major okay, props. And you were how old? Twenty three at the time. And you were 21? yeah twenty two. Twenty yeah. two. Okay. So so we got married at twenty. 20, yeah. 23 you were 23 i was 24 yeah, right. i had yep. just turned 24 so that was right after we both graduated mm-hmm. um and we got married and moved to seattle and uh, started our adult lives i had a public accounting gig in uh, seattle a big firm and immediately hit the road which on those kind of gigs where you're you're consulting and you're traveling and you got clients all over the kind of the west coast really um i spent the first 10 months of our marriage on the road. So that was every Monday I was on an airplane flying out and coming in late every Friday evening. So that was literally the first 10 months of our marriage. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, I was working dental hygiene and so I was busy during the week, you know, I was doing my thing, but yeah, I mean, it was like me and MJ, my, my cat, (laughs) she was my bud. And, and I really didn't have any, like many friends, like my sister was there, but it definitely felt like long distance again, which when you get married, that's, that's a really tough thing to just immediately step into. It's like, well, you're not going to be together, you know? Um, so that was, that was really hard on, on both of us. Um, I definitely took the position of supportive wife and even though it was really hard for me, um, and I knew it was hard for him just in this constant state of imbalance, you know, you're drinking, you're going out, you know, eating out, you know, and on airplanes, it was, it was, I could tell it was really hard on him. Plus the work was just crazy. And, but I, I just kept telling myself, like, just keep being supportive, just keep being supportive. So like, I never would even like share my real feelings about like, I hate this. Like it feels really bad. I just knew like, this is what's happening in our life right now. And, and this is quote unquote his dream right now. And I need to be there. I need to be supportive. Yeah. And and we had a beautiful wedding. Um, but when it comes to like preparation for marriage, there was nothing. We were living off of what was just a dream childhood romance, just an absolute dream, nothing but play and love, pure love from our yeah. souls. Well, we sort of walked into the real world and got a baseball bat to the freaking chest of real life shit. Mm-hmm. And that started out as just kind of like the stresses of a job, um, you know, the stresses of starting out with 
debt and no money. Yeah. Um, and then to add kind of fuel to the fire is we get two days a week, essentially. And so let's not talk about all the things that are slowly deteriorating this kind of like magic bliss, literally magic, you know, speaking of Harry Potter, that's kind of like the way that we uh, engaged in the first eight years of our relationship. And so we were getting these little slivers pulled out of us um, from that kind of like buzz of what the relationship was and kind of like made it work on Saturdays and Sundays because we had to and didn't want to talk about the real shit. Yeah. But damn, we we get a we get a year in a marriage and um kind of had a kind of had a breaking not a breaking point but it kind of had a, a really intense conversation that surfaced mm-hmm. that that summer actually after mm-hmm. after one year after our marriage. Yeah, I I was um we were up spending time at his family's lake home in Priest Lake and you know, I think every woman probably who's gotten married and had a wedding and wants to fit in and look amazing for her wedding, you do the sort of like starvation and over-exercising routine. Then once you get into marriage and real life and you stop doing those things and you're eating a normal amount of food, your body has this rebound where you can put on weight like that. And I think a lot of women go through this. And I certainly did where when I was, you know, I just changed what I was eating Uh, and actually eating enough and maybe not working out as much, I gained 30 pounds. And I know that sounds maybe sort of trivial, but, um, on, it was like on top of everything else. I wasn't, I was really not confident. And because we were in this sort of like long distance state all the time, I didn't feel connected to him when we, you know, when we would be connected or have intimate time or whatever, like it almost felt like forced because, well, we have a window here, so let's do it. Let's get it done. And it wasn't this like deep connection. So I'm already feeling disconnected that way. And then I'm feeling disconnected from my body too. And I had this breaking point. I had this breaking moment in the car and I just started bawling and I was just like, I'm not happy. And, you know, for me in that moment, it was rooted to, I saw a picture of myself in my swimsuit and I'm not happy with it, but it was all this other stuff behind it too. And so that was the conversation was it, you know, I was really unhappy and it just came out as in the form of like physical body image stuff, even though there was so much more attached to it. Totally. So, yeah. And, and, you know, at this point we, we were raised Christian. Um, I had never adopted that into my life. In fact, had always challenged it. I was always the kid like, Hey, I'm not really buying this. (laughs) And, um, I went to a a Christian school actually, or it's it's a Presbyterian school. And I, I actually college, I thoroughly enjoyed it because it, it educated me in the history of not just the Christian church, but religion. And by the time I graduated, I was like, I don't, I don't subscribe to this, like a hard no. And, um, but, but that being said, there was no connection to anything bigger than ourselves in the marriage and in, in my personal life. So keep that kind of in, in context as we're evaluating mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Well, when this kind of thing comes up there, there, uh, as far as the, the body image and, you know, one year after marriage, where are we at? We're pretty freaking unhappy. Um, there was no connection to anything outside of, you know, myself. So my, my view on all of this was like, oh my God, what can I do? What can I control to fix the environment? And so what I was hearing was it's related to nutrition and exercise. We have to get in better shape. Like that's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And so I, I subscribe to what is in my opinion at the time, like the solution, let's dial 
the f in yeah, our, very masculine our problem um, solution yes. food and exercise which of course as many i'm sure your listeners know if you go to the mainstream routes of figuring out how to dial in your mm-hmm. your fitness and nutrition it's going to lead to some pretty dangerous uh advice mm-hmm. um, just a chronic deficit chronic deficit so we we literally start eating like rabbits <laughs> and over exercising Since I have started drinking Element every single day, I cannot tell you how much my life has changed. I am obsessed with this product. I used to be honestly so against electrolyte powders because they all were filled with garbage ingredients, in my opinion. And what I love about Element is it's super clean. There's no sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, any of the other stuff that's unhealthy and unnecessary. And it is so perfectly balanced. It makes me feel incredible. I have noticed that I sleep better. My mental clarity is way better. I have way more energy during the day. I actually didn't realize until I started drinking Element consistently that I was dealing with lower energy than than I should have had. And for some of the hunger I was dealing with, it was really just an imbalance in electrolytes. And so I started noticing a huge difference when I started drinking the Element every single day and all those weird symptoms that I honestly didn't even realize were symptoms went away. And this is so important because I am a super hydrated, you know, we all know I'm a beverage person. I'm drinking so, so much water all day. Well, fluids really. And so it's really, really key that I balancing my electrolytes just from drinking a lot of water. It's easy for them to get out of balance. I also drink reverse osmosis water. And so I need to be adding some things back in there anyway. And I am pretty active. You know, I walk a lot. I exercise daily. I'm also burning a ton of light every single day. So with all the energy work I do, it's very energy intensive. And if you're a light worker, like you're burning through a lot of light. So as an energy healer, if you're listening, you probably can resonate with that as well. And I have to really make sure that I'm taking really great care of my body, of my vessel to be able to channel that energy and really support it. And Element has been so, so key for me in truly feeling my best. There is a reason why I am obsessed with this stuff. Plus, being on a whole foods-based diet, it is easy for the electrolytes to get out of balance. And this is why people, sometimes when they start to eat a cleaner diet, they are dealing with hunger pains and, and cramps, headaches, extra tiredness or dizziness. Look into your electrolytes because a lot of people jump to something way more serious, but sometimes it's simply your electrolytes are out of balance. I was super intrigued when I heard that Rob Wolf was the co-founder of Elements. I really trust Rob. He's one of the first people that got me into a whole foods-based diet, which really helped to heal my body. And I have always really respected the things that he puts out there. He is a super trusted source for me. So you know it's good stuff. And I think the results speak for themselves. There's a reason why Navy SEALs teams and US Olympic teams, NFL teams, NBA teams are all in love with the stuff. And so am I. My favorite flavors are the citrus, the raspberry, and the grapefruit. If you want to get your hands on a free sample pack, you just pay shipping, but you'll get a free sample pack of eight packets. Then head to drinkelement.com slash CTC, and that is spelled D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash CTC to get your free packet. You just pay shipping, which is about $5 for the U.S., and you'll get to try two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. And don't blame me when you get addicted because this is really good stuff. I'm so glad this came up because I feel like this is something a lot of couples don't talk about because I feel like so many relationships do fall apart because one person feels really insecure. Mm-hmm. Like with her, like you're so busy. Like I know when we started dating, I didn't feel like myself because suddenly I, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to balance my work life, my social life, being in a relationship and what the thing that went away was I stopped working out 
and we were going out a lot. And so I was eating and I just, I was like, I feel like shit, but I don't know how to fit in the space for this, mm-hmm. you know? And then I started feeling like puffy and inflamed and I'm not myself. And I feel like I think about other marriages and especially like older generations. I feel like when I talk to like, like older women, when they're having issues in their marriage, they're always so they're like, they're unhappy with themselves mm-hmm. and their bodies. And I do think that's a common kind of trigger point for people. Oh yeah. yeah big time. And <laughs> It's it's so hard in the moment when you're feeling these big feelings yeah. to not look at the thing behind the thing, totally. which is something we talk about all the time yeah. now. It's like helping people or just in our own relationship, like, okay, I'm feeling this thing, blah, whatever it is. What is the actual thing behind that thing? And for me, it was, I'm feeling disconnect on all fronts in, in this, in this moment. And so Chase is, he was so great in that moment because I was crying and I was, you know, I was having this breakdown and he wanted to fix it. He wanted it to be better. How can I love you better? And, you know, we both were sort of like coming from this short-sighted unconscious, but trying, we were unconscious, but really trying to figure it out. And it just, it manifested as um, not <laughs> like more unhealthy practices, yeah. but just swinging the other way. Yeah. Exactly. So we started taking 10% deviations away from, I think one who we were individually, as well as the connection that we had had established as a couple and as sort of this sacred union. Yeah. And so little bit over the next year or more, Every single day, every single time I travel and come back, there is this further degree of separation uh, between us and really, in my opinion, between myself and who I was showing up as, as a husband, as a human being, as a, as a person who was calling themselves healthy, but was really just over-exercising my uh, pains away in, kind of into, into a very unhealthy Mm-hmm. Um, habit of food and exercise. And I, and I think similarly for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely started to feel that more separation. Just it, it, it's not, you don't just like wake up one day and you're completely unhappy in your relationship. It's these micro paper cuts, you know, a thousand over a year. It's not like, it's usually not one big ginormous volcano explosion of whatever it is. It's, it's these little choices every day that you're, and for me, my tendency that I have to rewire and I, I have done a good job of rewiring this in my brain is to suppress and push those feelings down because that was my definition of what a good wife is in my head. Again, we had no guidance. We had no communication tools. So when something was tense, I just get silent and I was shut down and I would leave it up to him to figure it out. You can come to me when you figure it out and sort of like it, it's rooted in this feeling of, of the feminine wanting to feel sought after. I want to be, you know, like fought for almost right. Like, and so you're almost like I would be, you know, pushing him away and just pushing my feelings down until he would get, you know, to the point where he couldn't take it anymore. And he'd be like, I'm sorry, you know, and we'll talk about it, but nothing ever like changed or got resolved. And it certainly wasn't all, you know, it wasn't all on him. I, I had my own stuff, but so I was not communicating in a healthy way at all. I, and then I think it was the reverse. Whenever you felt something, it would sort of like be, a, a, and I'll let you speak to it, but it was sort of the opposite of the suppression. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I was I was definitely in fight or flight constantly. And so my communication on any sort of frustration or disconnection was aggressive. I, I wouldn't say hostile to the sense that it wasn't like directly um, yelling at you. It was more like I have anger and frustration in my life yeah. where the environment or the home is definitely not safe. Like yeah. from your nervous system's perspective, it was not safe. The literal mm -hmm. words that were coming out of my mouth were not suggesting that there was any yeah. sort of issue. It was rather my temperament as a husband and as a human was not balanced. And so this leads to a, a host of different really intense conversations, borderline arguments um, that were not resolved. And I sort of start to tell myself this story. This is now two and a half years into marriage that we need to relocate. I have this dream of Southern California, always have, almost went to college there, been in love with it since I was a kid, San Diego specifically. I get this opportunity uh, with the firm to take a transfer to a San Diego office. And I, I literally clicked the button, yes. Um, and we'd talked about it. We'd always talked about it, always talked about you know living in California type thing. And, and I, I, in my opinion at the time, made this executive decision uh, as, the, <laughs> as the you know man of the household or whatever, yeah. um, that we were going to move to San Diego. And I'd, I'd really t told myself this story that this was going to fix it. Fix it. Yeah. And, um, you know, to, to kind of move into the next phase of this, this story, um, we go to make the eventual move and, and, and just days before, um, we have this again, very intense conversation. And after what seemed like long periods of, of just diving deep into what the problem was, Megan, uh, kind of gets off of her chest that, that she has no desire to go. Um, that there is a request for separation. Um, You're making it sound like way nicer than it was. <laughs> like, I'm like, stop, I, stop sugarcoating. No, like, this, it was, it was really, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, I'll speak for myself because I know you're trying to be kind <laughs> to me. Um, it, it was very heartless. It was abrupt. It was, um, we, we knew that there was disconnect, but it was, you could, you could call it out of left field. Um, it was two weeks before we were supposed to move to San Diego and I came home from, a, a get together with my, I, my family was in town and I basically told them what was going on in my heart. Like, I don't want to be with Chase. He's not for me. He's not even a Christian, you know, building this sort of case of why they should support me, even though I had some, my, my own, like messed up shit inside me, a lot of it. And, but they're only hearing my side. Right. And so I build this case and I come back in the, our apartment and I'm just like, we need to talk. I'm not going like I, I'm not going to San Diego and just kind of laid out this case of why I don't think we're meant to be together anymore. And I was, I was very, very cold, just straight face there. It wasn't like a, a lot of, it was a completely different version of me, like person, like you wouldn't recognize this person. Um, I think Chase still probably has nightmares about the face, you know, that was in front of him. Uh, and I was completely removed out of my heart, not connected in any sort of way. And I just told him like, no, I'm not going. And, um, I think we should separate. I think we should, you should still go. You, I know this is your dream. I don't want you to stay for me and have us not work out. And now you've lost your job and your wife. Like I said, that basically verbatim. So I basically gave him like, <laughs> how did you respond to that? Like, like what, in, yeah. in your head, were you thinking? So my first response was, <sighs> it was a host of emotions. God fucking roller coaster. Uh, my first response was, 
I literally I went and called my mom and my sister and I said, fuck that. I'm going out on my own. I'm going to conquer the world. Like I'm going to leave this behind and go. That was my ego's just response. Uh, and then I start wept and cried and, and broke down in front of, you know, the feminine, which was, was my sister and my mom. And, and they, and they said, no, you're not, you're going to go back in there you're going to tell her you're going to work on this, that you love her, that you'll not, you won't give this up. And of course I broke down and got soft and I was like, oh, I know, like, I will, I'll do anything for this. I, I love her so much. And, uh, went back, literally went back into the house. I'd gone out and called my, my sister and my mom. And I walked in very confidently and, and literally like pointed at her and looked at her in the eyes and said, this isn't over. We're, we're fixing this. I'll do anything. We're working on this. I'm staying. I don't, I'll, I'll stay at someone's house. I'm staying. And, um, we split up for, a, for a bit. Uh, I postponed my move to San Diego and, uh, we split up for four or five days in that four or five days. Um, I had to really do some kind of like soul searching. Um, we ended up meeting for like a conversation that needed to be had instead of this kind of emotionally charged event. We can't make a decision off of this. We need to at least reconvene one more time and have a civil conversation. And when we did that, um, Megan had, had very much like articulated a, a very long list of justification for the reason for the split. And speaking of like, look, look in kind of the face and in the eyes, I looked in her eyes and, and saw in her face that she was, it was over. I had also kind of in that time period figured out a couple other things that we hadn't said in the conversation, but had come to me through others uh, about where Megan was at. And between that and then the combination of just like what I saw in her eyes, it was over. I knew it was energetically over. And in that moment, I was defeated. I was, I was like, mom, dad, my family, who was definitely fighting for this marriage. Megan was as much of a child to them as, as me. I was like, no, you guys, you didn't, you didn't see the look in her eyes. It's, it's over. She's not there. There is nobody there. This is not the person. And so I sort of was ready. I was like, this is it, man. So I grabbed my fucking TV and my car and my clothes and threw them in my car and drove to San Diego, like literally a day after a day or two after that conversation. When she brought, when she said that, when she was like, I'm not going the, before you guys had the little four or five day split. Yeah. Did you f- like, did you know that was coming or did it feel like it, did you feel like it was out of left field? I felt like it was out of left field. I knew there were issues and I was concerned about the move. I, I think I told myself that it had something to do with the move and that I was worried that she uh, wasn't ready to leave her career, leave our friends, leave Seattle. And that there was this thing about the location of where we were, that the move to San Diego was was going to be a problem i didn't think it was was as deep as it was when it comes to our relationship because we're fucking childhood sweethearts man like yeah. we, we've we've done everything in life together and and we were this companionship of codependent a little bit but it was this companionship and, and i honestly would have never never thought it was happening so it was out of left field so you never had talked about like had anybody thrown out the d word before no no yeah so it was just like the first time and yeah and i mean i feel like i'm like what feeling your energy as you're talking about this i mean hearing him say that how does that make you feel like oh my god like that time it feels like i'm it feels like i'm listening to a story about a different person yeah and i have have come a long way but there was certainly times when we when we did get back together where i would just break down and start crying because i i fucking love him so much and 
going back to that headspace that I was in and knowing how much I hurt him, like it, it hurts me to think about him being hurt that much. And I was the one that was, you know, it's certainly we both, it wasn't like 100% my, you know, the Mm. disconnect or whatever, but like the way that I handled it, the way that I handled myself, um, there was a lot of shame and guilt for a long time around all, all of it and how I presented it, how I, you know, spoke to people, how I lied to myself over and over and over. Um, and, uh, that, you know, I built stories up in my mind. Um, there was just a lot of how I handled it. That was, um, not in integrity, you know, what, what got you to that place though? Like, was it, was it the move of like, I don't want to take this next step or like to get to the place where when you're saying it's like, you weren't, you weren't there. It was somebody else. You were like gone. You were like cold. I, as far as like contributing to the home had slowly removed my allocation of love into the home environment. My energy was not suggesting it was a safe space. The play that was just so critical into the establishment of our relationship was zero percent. It was completely gone. And I mean, there there were moments of me losing my shit over the wrong flavor of yogurt being in the refrigerator. You know, just wild stuff. Finding myself stepping into the shoes of what, you know, a toxic masculine figure like that that is somewhat that somewhat shows up in, in various versions of my family, just being spelled out and articulated in my behavior and was like, oh shit, but not able to uh, change them. Thinking about Megan all week on the road, desiring her, missing her, yet showing up at the doorstep on a Friday night and seeing her and having the physicality of holding her and touching her feel like pricks, like pins and not able to realize like I can now that I had no ability to get out of fight or flight work mode all week long on the road, drinking, eating, traveling, flying, not sleeping and decompressing and having a process and a ritual for getting back into balance and back into abundance, rather just continuing that fight or flight. Yeah. And so those types of things made, if I can be so bold, forced you into this moment of self-preservation because the environment was so um, unsafe. Yeah, I I didn't. There was a couple of things, and I, I totally agree with everything you said, and I will <laughs> concur. But um, yeah, I didn't feel like I could be fully myself. I felt like there was this, and we've talked about this openly many times, and he knows this. But I felt like there was this picture or this image of who Chase wanted me to be, or who he expected me to be, who he got with. And there was no wiggle room for me to like change and grow. And as I became like a, you know, a woman in my mid to late twenties, like you change from when you're a teenager, you should, I hope. And so like, even though I wasn't listening to like self-development podcasts, like I was a little bit, but it wasn't like I was so invested in my self-development. You just, you start to become more interested in different things and, and maybe some people groups or like going out and exploring like who you are. And tr- that's what so much of your twenties is, is who am I in the world? What do I believe? What do I think? What do I love? What do I want to do? How do I want to spend my time? And I felt like Chase had a very narrow window at this time of who he wanted me to be. And if I stepped outside that at all, Um, I, it didn't feel, didn't feel welcome to like 
explore myself in any way, shape or form. Like I, I, I felt like I very much had to be like the, the peg that you wanted to stick me in that round hole. And, and so that, that was, that was hard. Um, and I, I, and then with the, you know, disconnect and the, the intimacy and everything, like I didn't, I didn't feel desired or beautiful or treasured all the things that he does such an incredible job. It's not like I need you to do that because I, I can give myself that sort of love and attention too. But like having a partner that is attentive that way and knows that it's like, it's like icing on the, you know, cupcake that feels so good to a feminine to be loved and adored that way. Like that's all I wanted was just this feeling of like, I'm his treasure. And I wanted to give him that, but I didn't, I didn't know how (laughs) I didn't have the tools myself and I didn't feel like it was accepted anyways. So it, it it was definitely a very gradual, um, stepping away from how we were as teenagers, which was very real. Like that's the realest shit. (laughs) And, uh, I had just gotten to this place where I, I, I didn't feel safe to be me. Yeah. And and we'd become codependent roommates yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people experience that yeah so uh, you kind of hit your tipping point before this move Mm -hmm. yeah and then i just i basically it it was like i wasn't giving him an option i wasn't saying like i really want to work on this i think we you know maybe the move isn't the right time it was very much like you go you're already out i'm telling you yeah my mind was my mind was made up at that point yeah and, um, I had my family's backing because they were only hearing my side of the story. And, um, and so they were, they were supportive of me. They wanted to see me happy, even though they didn't know the whole story. Um, and so then, yeah, we, we separated and, um, I stayed in Seattle, uh, and continued my job and, and got my own apartment. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think for both of us, there was this like newfound f- freedom almost like not a healthy freedom but it was like I'm 27 and separated and I can do whatever I want you know I can buy whatever I want I can see whoever I want I can do whatever I want and it was it was a very bizarre feeling for sure yeah no similar for me I I uh funny I cried maybe like you know once or twice pretty intensely during the whole uh split and then I bombed down to Southern California and was, was like, same, like, I'm free. I, I don't need to take care of anybody but me. And um, I'm going to try out this, you know, only ever kissed one girl. <laughs> I'm going to try this thing out at 26 in Southern California. And I have a great killer job and I'm just going to work my ass off. I'm going to work out like crazy and have a ton of fun. Um, and I started kind of down what that road would suggest looks like and uh spent quite a while uh just trying to figure it out and trying to figure myself out in probably all the wrong ways what did that look like uh for me it was it was nonstop work uh so i said essentially yes to everything i was gonna try to make as much money as possible try to uh you know progress in the firm as much as possible it was i'm gonna get buff uh like I was always in decent shape, but I, we were, as we were talking about, pretty, pretty uh, calorie deficient. And so, you know, I bulked up, put some muscle on. You can't help it down in Southern California. You're staring at all these yeah. you know, meatheads um, and, and started dating. And um, that's everything, right? Like dating apps and, um, you know, going out, uh, Pacific Beach scene a little bit. 
And um, I started to realize that that this isn't as fun as it sort of looks. Um, I found myself not wanting to do this, rather throwing myself into it strictly for the purposes of saying that I'm doing it and, and revenge, you know, if you will. Um, and so I spend a good year and a half working like crazy, working out like crazy, and then pushing it socially in an attempt to fill myself up and keep the times of being alone at bay. Because whenever I did, it was WTF. Holy shit. How did I get here? I'm completely empty. I have no connection to anything, anybody, not even myself. And, um, for me in my journey, I, about a, about two years into this, having not talked to Megan at all, we, we go through the paperwork of the legal divorce and we wrap that up, you know, a few months into, into me leaving for San Diego and we don't talk at all. There is no connection. Zero. I, I I'm to the point where I screw. You deleted my number. I deleted your number. Yeah. Whoa. And, um, I was, I was like pretty freaking bitter again, not like crying at all, mm -hmm. just kind of like bulldozing my way through life. And, um, about two years in, I start having, after being, you know, what, what, what at the time was the best physique I'd ever had and, and sort of looked on paper really healthy and, and handsome. And, um, I hit a wall, I hit a freaking wall and it, and it coincided with really, really crazy work schedule. And then that I didn't stop exercising rather. I dialed it up, worked out more, um, all while following some of these really cool biohack trends like intermittent fasting. And, uh, I, I had what some would consider like adrenal fatigue, um, which I know is like a controversial topic, but for me, what it looked like was I dropped 30 pounds in about five or six weeks. Whoa. I was completely sleepless. And I eventually one uh, weekend was so, so physically drained. I actually like passed out in my house and was like, damn, okay, this is the, this is the brick wall. You know, this is, this is it for me. Um, and I really had to figure out a life change and really start looking, um, kind of at the choices that I was making and, and, and the big question, you know, our, our friend, Mark Champagne, as he, as he would say, um, the big question for me at that time was like, is this sustainable? <laughs> what happens if I keep doing this for 10 years, 20 years? One, it's not sustainable. Two, it's going to put me on a path to just sickness in every way. And, um, so I really, really started to lean on, um, what is this kind of niche health and wellness space? And that started with podcasts, um, and actually led to the introduction to this really cool, uh, very startup company that I'd heard advertised on a podcast called Organifi. <laughs> and, um, I ordered their green juice product because I was like, oh my God, I'm traveling all the time. I never get, I never get any greens. And I'm, I'm in San Diego one day and like get my first green juice and like flip it. It's actually, you know, I'd had it up in Seattle. So that, that's a little bit of a lie. Um, but I I'd noticed for the first time ever that Organifi was in San Diego. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to go make these guys a client of mine. Um, and I stumble into their headquarters, which was only like a few people at the time, um, trying to pitch my services to them as a consultant, fall in love with a few people there. And that the very day I met them, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I have to, I have to be a part of this. And, um, so for me, I, that was my big shift. My big life change was 
in addition to just starting to make making real changes for my wellness, I made a I made a career change as well. I took a fifty percent pay cut and quit my job at um, the firm and left for this crazy startup that only had a few people at the time and uh, started work at Organifi. With that came a host of incredible relationships, um, incredible content along the personal development side of things, around spirituality side of things. I I was literally told on my way out the door at the firm, the only thing that matters in your personal in your professional career is what others think of you. And I walked into Organifi and they basically said, uh, you have to fix your insides before you can expect, you know, anything externally. And, you know, things like, hey, stop, stop shitting yourself. And uh, hey, let's reframe that. You know, like this, this, this way of speaking and thinking that was so foreign to me, but um, became, started to become such a habit. I'm reading The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, and, and looking into like Toltec uh, wisdom. I'm, I'm introduced to Manifestation and Joe Dispenza and um, all of these types of self-development, personal development, eventually spirituality. That was just an avenue for my evolution and progression into a closer version of myself, um, of my real self than I than I'd probably ever been. Wow. Okay, so you got Organifi life coaching, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. What were I want to know what you guys were. I want to hear your side too, but then I want to know what you guys were both feeling about yourselves and about each other mm-hmm. after that divorce. Like, I know you did tangibly, but like, how are you feeling about yourself and about the other person and just about divorcing mm-hmm. as well? Like after, you know, your yeah. history and like, yeah, I'll speak for, for, for myself first, I guess. Um, I, I, again, I had this like feigned freedom. It felt like freedom, but it really wasn't. I was still in a prison because I hadn't dealt with any of the shit that was inside of me. So I was still like, if I let myself go there and think, really get still and think about how it went down, I would feel really bad. Um, I, but it was also stuff like, well, I'll just, I just won't tell anyone this part of my story or me for the rest of my life. I'll just keep this a secret and it'll be fine. (laughs) Obviously that creates a lot of disease in the body and in the psyche and in the soul. Um, Obviously, when you say that, it's going to be the main thing that you talk about the rest of your <laughs> yeah, life. Right. I know. I know. And, yeah, and that's just like we've talked about that before. Anytime you you feel yourself say that, like, well, I just I won't tell anyone this the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, you can pretty much guess that that's going to be a, like not even close to being. Front. Yes. Yeah. Not even close to being possible. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was feeling really horrible when I would let myself sit in that. So I didn't let myself sit in that. Similar to Chase, I was working out eight days a week. I was looking for external validation from males, you know, feeling like, Oh, I, I guess I am, you know, beautiful and whatever. Like you're feeling this like external validation from the opposite sex that you weren't feeling in the marriage. And so that felt like on the surface, like really good, but I, you know, and I, I, I wouldn't think about, I would make myself not think about chase. And so things that I loved from my whole life, like Harry Potter now were this taboo subject because we I mean, think about our proposal or his proposal. So there were these topics that I couldn't touch now because they were a bridge to chase. So there was a lot of things that I just like cut off. It didn't feel good. So there was this like 
teeter totter of like, Ooh, this feels really good. I never, I've never experienced this before, but also this whole section of my life now is taboo, which feels pretty awful. Well, I also just, I just feel like knowing you, I feel like you guys like dating people. Didn't it feel like no one else was comparing to the like emotional energetic connection? Oh, I mean, like that would always just be like, this is like not even near. I mean, uh, yeah. it was so boring. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm like. I'm like, I just, I can't even imagine. It yeah. was so boring. Like, I was such no a one else is stimulating jerk boyfriend, me. I'm sure to anybody. I'm sorry if you're listening. Oh <laughs> um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, uh, yeah. It was, it was really empty. I was not allowing myself to feel for a long time. And so I, I put that away and, uh, you know, like I said, dedicated myself to work and working out any, the moments that I was alone, there were, there were moments when I, when I'd let myself be alone and sober and it, it was uncomfortable. So I, I'd, I'd keep active. I'd keep moving, keep doing stuff. Yeah. It really wasn't until one, I started to fix my health with kind of the support of my Organifi friends. Um, and, and, and kind of going back to like a really important piece to all of this as in my journey, as I was shifting out of this where it was like, what was so clear to me was that I was having health issues. I really hadn't even addressed the divorce. I knew that was back there and I would think about making all the time, all the time, but it would be bitter. I would make at best, I'd make a sarcastic joke about being divorced. And I got my ass divorced at 26. Ha ha ha. Funny. Um, bury it, move on. Um, and to me, I had this breaking point of my health and, and actually shortly into my um, transition of career and kind of rebounding my health a little bit, I had this uh, ceremony where um, there was, it was a medicine ceremony and I had this vision of seeing the version that I wanted to be off in the distance, but in between it were these these layers of kind of like see-through curtains, almost, if you will. Like if you've ever seen Indiana Jones and the last crusade towards the end, he's, he's going through like the various challenges and he's weaving his way through like cobwebs. Yeah. Well, I was having this vision and I saw a future of all the things that I wanted to do, career, body, um, life, you know, maybe even romance or whatever. And I couldn't get past the first layer, which was my health. I also knew that the next layer was my uh, connection to something higher than myself. And then included in that was this, the, the bitterness and the, the pain of my divorce. So I had this really profound moment of like, holy shit, I gotta, I gotta work on some stuff. Um, I knew it was health. So I dove into that. I, I got a personal trainer, started focusing on nutrition. And uh, that kind of kicked off for me, like, yo, I can finally start working on myself and making some progress here. So that was really kind of the kickoff for me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't stop thinking about her because she kept popping up on your watch. Every time you went on a date. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so the funny, the funny thing about kind of my transition to Organifi is I'm starting to, to chip away at my health and really turning the corner, feeling, feeling pretty great. I take on a Joe Dispenza practice for like two months where I'm meditating using his very specific manifestation practice. Uh, and the purpose that I'm, the, the real intention that I'm going into this with is I want to not only get over Megan or get over my divorce, I want to get to the point where I'm rooting for her. One, where I don't think about her every day. Two, where when I do think about her, I'm legitimately lit up and excited for the things that she's doing and hope for the best for her. So I sit in that meditation every day uh, for for like literally like 45 days, this really brutal, intense, like Joe Dispenza uh, 
protocol. But damn, sure enough, I get to the point where I'm I'm pretty lit up. And, and funny enough, um, as you're alluding to, Megan hits me up one day as she hears about the fact that I've moved on to this really fun company and, and she's a consumer of this, uh, this green juice product. She, she sends me a text just like checking in and, and basically saying, sounds like you're doing well. Um, and this happens while I'm on a date, literally like my, my arm is around somebody and it, you know, Megan or, or this number, cause it, it wasn't even in my phone, but it shows up on my watch and I see it and I'm like, Oh my God, my ex-wife who I haven't talked to in like years at this point is uh, hitting me up while I'm on this date. It was pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. And I, it was so random, but I, I just, I had heard from a friend that you had got out of the Deloitte rat race and I was just so, I was genuinely happy for you. And I had gotten to a place in my own journey where I was, I was just working on my inner world and trying to find some connection, some genuine connection back with my soul. Because I knew, I knew I was good. Like I knew deep down, I know that I'm a good person. And like, I've made mistakes and I've done shitty things, but like deep down, I know that I have so much love to give to someone. Why didn't you think you were good? (sighs) I mean, the way that I left our marriage, I was secretive. Um, I didn't like, I was not an honest person in the last, um, year of our marriage. I had gotten to this very broken state, uh, where I was so desperate for like connection that I, I started seeking it really, well, it was seeking me and I allowed it. I allowed attention to come in from another man and it like, it felt good to feel like to be recognized. And although I didn't seek it out, I, you know, pushed it away, pushed it away, pushed it away, pushed it away. And then finally one day we had a, there was a blow up and I was like, I'm not happy. (laughs) And this person was like, I just want you to be happy if you are great. And I answered, you know what? No, I'm not. Because that that might've been a day that I you know, there would be these little tipping points, little, little moments where like I would turn on the air conditioning too high and I would, you know, get Chase was just out of balance and would get, I would get yelled at. And it was one of those moments where it was so out of proportion, like it was blown yeah. out of proportion all where the other I, and, stuff underneath. And I'm thinking yeah. like, I can't, I can't do this the rest of my life. Like I can't be just waiting to get yelled at for Walking like eggshells. Right. Yeah. And so it was one of those moments where I was like, fuck that. No, I'm not happy. And that was like the defense like came down. Mm-hmm. And so then I allowed this attention to come in. And so, and that was something that never came out, never was talked about between us until after the fact it kind of came around and got back to him so he he knew so you this. didn't know while it was happening did you have any no. like idea mm-hmm. i didn't know until um uh kind of the in-between period of hey i want a separation mm-hmm. we spent a little bit of time apart before i left in san diego i'd found out in kind of that window and that was the nail in the coffin for me that was like oh yeah okay i'm not uh yeah i'm not gonna try to make this work mm-hmm. wow yeah. yeah yeah so that was like all just in my mind, just circulating. And, and there was never any closure, obviously, between us or anything like that. So all of that <laughs> was what I didn't feel good about. And um, I just, I literally was telling myself like, well, and there's like, you're going through all of this and this comes around, like versus you telling him mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that, 
that to me would feel like betrayal from another side mm-hmm. plus my guilt. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was really surreal and weird to navigate. Um, but it, you know, the inner dialogue that I was having was I'm a monster and I don't deserve love. Like I'm probably like, I'll end up with someone I'll be with someone, but I know they're never going to love me fully because I'm not allowing them to, they're never going to see me fully because I'm, I'm never going to show them who I really am fully because who would love that kind of person. So it's, it just created, you know, this prison around me. And I, I just, I would have this, you know, this very hateful dialogue with myself. Like you just, you just don't deserve love. And it's just going to be something that you have to, you have to settle basically. And, you know, I went through the whole like dating and apps and this and that. And, um, I similarly, you know, we have a lot of similarities of this three years that we were apart. We both hit this hormonal fatigue, like very extraordinary fatigue at the same time, around the same time. And similarly, you know, my, I had a rash on half of my body that was completely unexplained. My face was blowing up in acne. I couldn't digest even the simplest of foods. I was regurgitating it back up. Um, I, my hair was falling out in the shower in like chemotherapy sized chunks. And I was a health coach at this time, like on the side. And I just felt like I was living this double life because I was like trying to help people get healthier. Meanwhile, my hair is falling out in clumps and my face is exploding in acne. And so like I could help someone lose weight, but I was not, I I didn't know anything about holistic, real health, you know, because I was the leanest that I'd ever been in my life. I felt and looked healthy. When in reality, my external matched the internal, like I had a shit storm going on inside and I just chose not to look at it. And that was my way out was external validation. And I'm going to work on my body and I'm going to, you know, be this physique and look this way in a swimsuit and I'm going to get this attention. But I wasn't giving myself on the outside or the inside, like real nourishment or love. And so I got to this, you know, really (laughs) breaking point, another breaking point where I was crumpled up on the shower floor and my hair, you know, was falling out. And I was just like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure it out. And so then that became my job. That became my primary job was getting to the bottom of my health issues, similar to Chase. You know, he's peeling back the layers. And the first thing you have to acknowledge and and uh, address is this this physical pain or this chronic sickness. You can't think about, oh, how do I, you know, reach nirvana and how do I access all of these different p- layers of my psyche and this and that if you're not able to digest food. So that became my job. And um, I started a bunch of trial and error and um, getting blood work and working with a naturopath and, and trying to be healthy. And I gave up working out for six weeks just to give my body like, you know, like you're okay, you're safe, you can rest. And then that eventually led to me continuing to say yes to what felt like um, loving decisions for myself. Um, so I actually moved back home with my my parents and um I enrolled at the Academy of Culinary Nutrition and stepped away from dental hygiene because it was a very busy, intense job. And I just wanted to focus on me. 
And this had been just in my, you know, rear view mirror for a long time and I wanted to pursue it. And so I did. And, and I lived at home for a year, which at 28 years old is sort of like an ego check, like I'm moving back in with my parents, but it was really like what I needed. It was a really beautiful thing uh, at the time for me. It was exactly what I needed. And, um, you know, just kept working on myself. And at the time I was trying to connect with something bigger than myself. And I was trying to establish this relationship with God or, you know, it was really about like studying Jesus and his, his teachings and his love. And I started volunteering at uh, this church Genesis that was really great for me at the time. And I, I started like being around people that cared about me. And that was really big for me. And it, it sort of like gave me permission to start really caring about myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I will never forget the moment where I, you know, I was with my best friend. Um, we were sitting in her room and just we both like were breaking down and, and, and crying really about these secrets that we had held. <laughs> and I shared mine and she shared hers. And there were both these things that were keeping us from loving ourselves fully. And when we were able to share with each other and say to the other person, I still love you. Like, I don't care. I still love you. You're still lovable. You're still good. You're amazing. Like hearing that was like, it was like taking a breath after a hundred years. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just having this weight lifted off my, like somebody knows I've said it out loud. Something that my, most of my family doesn't even know about me. Right. And you're just holding it and it's disease. It's, it's gross. (laughs) It feels gross. And so to have that like safe place was really special and needed for me. And then I felt, I feel like everything from there just got better. (laughs) It wasn't a flip of a switch, certainly, but it was an allowing. It was an allowance of me finally like being able to love myself and know that like deep down I am good. And I know that I can be, and I'm going to start showing myself love. I'm going to, you know, stop partying, stop going out. I'm going to, you know, stay at home with my parents and read and, you know, um, read devotions every morning and start investing in my soul. And um, it it definitely wasn't any, like when we started, you know, just kind of being friendly with each other, we had both gotten to these places where we were wishing well for the other. That's why I texted him was like, I'm just happy for him. And I just, I want him to be okay. I want him to be good. And I just let him know that. And it, I mean, he was at the point where I think he had gotten to that place with me where there was this like, yeah, we can wish well for each other. And then it, that opened up the door for us to actually see each other yeah. for the first time after yeah, three years. So, so we'd really kind of turn the corner on our, uh, both of our health independently. Little did we know that we were like literally following the same like yeah. independent yeah. journey. Yeah, um, and I, I have a couple of pretty intense moments along along the way. You know, I uh, get really interested in in uh, you know plant medicine and, and have a, another ceremony that is just so profound and it kind of opens me up to a uh, this this higher version of love that is that is greater than just the individual and and I start to just really feel the impact of those types of experiences and become so much more open to having this friendly relationship with Megan and we're finding ourselves so oddly enough in the same lane in in this niche health and wellness space i'm working for this superfoods company um megan had been at the academy of culinary nutrition and had gotten really into medicinal mushrooms so we have this really organic way to all pun intended uh to to talk and to text and to you know check in every now and then and 
you know, what started out as, you know, every couple of weeks we'd send each other something interesting or funny, um, really led to, Hey, I, I'm, I got nothing to do this afternoon. I'm just kind of walking the beach. Do you want to catch up just on the phone? Um, and it was, it would be like a three and a half conversation, three and a half hour conversation. Yeah. And, and ultimately led to, um, getting really interested in what, what Megan was creating, which was this really cool, um, medicinal mushroom based food product, uh, that she wanted to, um, start selling. And when I was flying up home back to our hometown in Spokane for the holidays, um, she was like, Hey, I can, I can hand you some, or I, I can let you try some. Mm-hmm. At this point, were either of you thinking like, I hope we get back together? No, uh, no, okay. not no. even close. Okay. One, I don't think either of us even wanted that yeah. to even like have that in our head. Um, and then two, even if that would have like, what if we, mm-hmm. it would have been immediately squashed. Like, no, mm-hmm. there's no way that would even happen. No one, no one does that. And mm-hmm. two, like there was so much shit between us. Like, no, it's not going to happen. I have a question. Like, how did you get to a place? Because I think people struggle with this of like true forgiveness. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I wish I had some, you know, beautiful formula for it, but it's, it really comes down to, for me, living in the reality and the energy and the frequency of what it would be like to not just forgive a person, but live as the best version of myself where I don't even like to say forgiveness. It's perfect acceptance for the things that have happened to me in my life. And I'm living intentionally every single day, uh, in an effort to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not this like transactional, like something was done to me that, and then I do something else to forgive it. And now yeah. we're back to zero. Yeah. It's just an acceptance for what has happened. And that every day is a brand new opportunity for you to step into whoever you are. And that includes Megan. And so for me, it was just, I want to root for her. I want to love her. I want to care about her. And the way that I was thinking about that was, I don't ever want to think about her. (laughs) But when I do, I want to be able to root for her and not be bitter or not sort of wish, you know, I'd be lying if I said there was, there wasn't two years there where if I heard that she was doing poorly, that I, that, um, you know, part of me probably would have felt kind of good or was sort of hoping for that. I think, you know, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it for all the moments that I could have, you know, drunk dialed or, um, lashed out in hostility. I never, I never brought it up one time and I'm not saying I didn't want to, there were moments I wanted to scream and yell and, uh, but, but, but I, I left uh, Seattle and I didn't say a damn thing for two years literally until mm-hmm. we started texting in, in, um, kind of this yeah. better versions of ourselves. And there was this, this one phone call I'll speak to because it was sort of a pivotal moment for us. We ha- we weren't back together or anything. We uh, were just talking on the phone one night and, um, we had a really good conversation and we hung up with each other. And then I was home alone by myself and I just broke down and I started crying and I just got this wave of emotion of like one of the themes that went on when we were married was I had a really hard time saying, I'm sorry. Like it just felt like if I say I'm sorry, that means I'm wrong. And that means I'm bad. And I'm, I don't want to admit to being bad, you know? And so I would have this aversion to even just like apologizing. And 
I decided then and there after we had talked, like, I don't want to be the person that can't say I'm sorry. I'm not that person anymore. I don't want to be her anymore. So then I called him back. I was going to text him. And then I was like, no, he needs to hear my voice. And so I called him back literally within five minutes. And he was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, had a very somber voice. And I was just like, I just, I don't want to be the person that can't tell you I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I hurt you. I'm so sorry that it got to that point. And you, you didn't deserve that. And I'm really, really sorry. And it was very heartfelt. And I think he could sense that. We spoke for a few more minutes. Um, and then we left that conversation and then I think it really hit you. Oh yeah. I, it's funny talking about all the times I didn't cry after that phone call. And I was like, I was like, okay, great. Wow. That was weird. Uh, and I kind of go into my, my bedroom and I weep like projectile tears out of my eyeballs <laughs> all night long. Like I cried myself to sleep. It was so intense. I was like, I don't understand why I'm still crying. <laughs> What is, it was this compartmentalized, just yeah. pool of emotion all for just comes out. Yeah. years. And, um, man, what a release. And, uh, we did ultimately end up hanging out in our hometown over, over holiday, the holidays in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we go to a coffee for this kind of like exchange of some of the work that Megan had been working on it. And we end up staying there for like four hours. Yeah. We, we closed the place down. Yeah. Um, and then it was really great. We didn't talk about anything super crazy or like the relationship or anything. It was basically just a catch up, but it just felt so good just to like be ha happy and like laughing together. And there was no pressure, you know, this wasn't a date. It was just a catch up. And then um, we, you know, we hug goodbye and, you know, say goodbye to each other. And I, then it's my turn. Like I'm like sitting in my car, projectile tearing, crying because I didn't realize how much I missed him, how much I missed my best friend. And it still wasn't, I want to be back together with him. I want to be his wife again or anything. It was like, I just miss his soul. I miss who he is and seeing him in this balanced, happy state that sprung out from Organifi, you know, the therapy there. And I, I saw this bright, shiny version of the man that I did marry and who I was, you know, at a younger age, like totally obsessed with and in love with. And it was so, it was so surreal to be like, I know you better than anyone in the world probably, but also who are you? And like, I, I was just intrigued and I wanted to know more about him. And it was this like new version of you that I was like, wow, totally just different. Yeah. And, and I left that really fun interaction with what great closure. Like, yeah. you know, it's been two and a half, <laughs> yeah. almost three yeah. years, but that's perfect closure. For and me. your highest, your soul is just laughing at you. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. So I, I head back to San Diego and, and we keep talking that that's the thing. It's like, we just keep talking. Mm -hmm. We end up having because we're in this kind of niche health and wellness space we end up attending the same uh natural health expo in anaheim california the one and only expo West. Yeah. the one and only expo <laughs> where West. it all goes down yeah, right <laughs> uh absolute magic and just so happens that we'll be there together for, for or we'll be in the same place for two or three days we're like yeah we'll we'll hang out you know we'll we'll connect and spend some time together and uh shit we we meet up and we just, we just can't get away from each other for, for 
three days. Yeah, it, it was just really good chemistry. It was just fun. It felt, it felt like good. high school. It, felt, it felt like high school bus rides. Yeah. And we're we're making the same jokes. The the connection is just undeniable. My my friend Niels, who was with us, you know, uh, as we kind of step away, he's looking at me like, bro. <laughs> he's like, the the sexual chemistry. <laughs> And uh, I'm just like, what? what are you talking about? And uh, he keeps like elbowing me. He's like, is the band getting back together? Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, he's sort of definitely, you know, planting seeds and everything. And we do, we have, we have amazing chemistry and we're having a ton of fun. Um, we end up going to dinner one night with a bunch of, bunch of people, but kind of like find ourselves in really deep, intense conversation um, and just finding it so nourishing. Day two, similarly spent all day together that night. Um, we find ourselves in Megan's rental car, mm -hmm. just like waiting on traffic before I drive back to San Diego. And it is like, we're back in high school and we're just cracking jokes, um, having a ton of fun, listening to playing you know, music. music. We had your vape pen. Yeah. We're, we're hitting the vape pen and, um, it, it starts to get a little more intense. And we actually start to talk about shit, like from yeah. our, from our marriage and from our relationship. It was very like soft and heartfelt. Yeah. Though. It was very like um, emotional. It was kind of this look like, looking at her just being like i didn't know what the fuck i was doing mm -hmm. like i'm yeah. so sorry i like i'm so sorry yeah and we we like were able to like look each other in the face and just be like that sucked and what we had was real and i i at one point started crying and and he grabbed my hand and just was like comforting me and i think comforting himself and uh we just kept held, holding hands for like 30 minutes and didn't want to let go. And then finally, you know, it's 9 PM and he probably needs to drive back to San Diego. So we have this really heartfelt conversation and then we get out to leave and, and, you know, hug goodbye. I'll let you. <laughs> tell. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, um, we go to hug goodbye and eyes is something, eyes are something that are really, really important to me. And even, even in our departure, the deal breaker was, was the fact that I looked in Megan's eyes and I did not see her. I did not see a light. And that was it for me. That was the, that was the conclusion that this thing was over. And to me, Megan was gone. Like it was a death. The way that I mourned and the way that I kind of moved on was as if it was a death, um, which is a weird way to process it, but it, it is really how it happened due to the suddenness of it. And, um, so for me, it was just all instinct, but I grabbed her face and I stared just into her eyes. Like, is she there? All, in, all indications over the last, you know, few months and, and certainly over the last couple of days that we've been spending time together, man, this seems like this person that I really remember and care about. Um, and I just stare really deeply into her eyes for God knows how long. Um, but you know, out of, out of just absolute magnetic connection i uh just grab her face and kiss her and um off disney we're in anaheim disneyland is like right behind us disneyland fireworks there's literally fireworks oh like um, is like out of a movie there's yeah. literally fireworks and it was the fucking greatest kiss of my life and, and i just said best. not in any sort of fuck boy way but was just like i love you oh my god and i I set it back. My heart yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just got in my car and drove back to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember on that drive back um, going, man, I've left this girl too many times in my life. Yeah. And it just, it just different from like when we met up for coffee in our hometown and it was closure. This was like, holy shit, there's a sequel. 
Like yeah. this is a sequel. Yeah. And you just knew. It didn't feel like closure. Mm-hmm. It no. didn't it, it felt like an opening. Yeah. yeah. And and I remember you texted me that night and you were like, I've left you. I, I hate leaving you. I hate saying goodbye to you. Yeah. And um and then yeah, I went back home to Spokane and there it were there was this huge question mark of like WTF, what is this? Um, and he, he was so great. You were so great because he, he didn't leave it. You know, he, he wanted to talk about it. And so much of the dating world is just games and chess moves. And like, you just feel like you're in a constant game and it's just vomit worthy. And what I loved about him so much in that moment was he was owning it and he wanted to address it and he wasn't like leaving it alone. It was like, I'm going to address this and we're, we're going to figure this out. And I just, I loved that from you that you were like, we're going to talk about this and we're going to, we're going to figure it out together. Yeah. It was too, the relationship and the history and everything was just too uh, sacred and special not to just treat it with the utmost respect. And similarly, like the dating space and the relationship space is like, what do I text? When do I call? How mm-hmm. long do I wait to respond? You know, all yeah. these stupid games. And I just wanted to be so upfront and direct. And it was just like, Hey, um, this happened. It is deep and meaningful to me. Let's talk about it. Oh, that communication, right? The that crystal is, clear. That is it. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. That's like the, like, the sexiest thing I know. like you're it's just magnetic as a masculine when you're dealing with fuckboy energy all over the place and it's like it's just it was so refreshing even if it was my ex-husband and there was this giant question mark and it was there were so many other questions that we weren't even addressing we weren't addressing the external questions of what's our family gonna say what does this look like do I move we're you know we're still living apart and so we hadn't addressed any of that and it was first just getting clear on what was going on inside each of us, you know, what we actually wanted. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I'll say it was hard because, um, there was so much external noise in my head. And we, we've talked about this earlier today, like getting out of your head and back into your heart. What's your body telling you? The body doesn't lie. When you have full on chills and you're magnetically drawn to this person, that's good feedback. Like, and so we, we had to really ignore what was going on in our heads at that time, because there was a lot, there was a lot of feedback from every angle. Yeah. So every time we talked, it was, man, what, what if, you know, if, if if you were my ex-wife, I would be on fire (laughs) for you right now. It was, you know, I feel incredible when I'm done talking to you and when we're done connecting. The only time I feel like shit is when I talk to, you know, my friends from back home about all this. Or when I talk to or or look towards like mainstream anything. It's kind of this like live with revenge mentality. Mm -hmm. And um I could not help but once I eliminated all that and sitting in the the potential of us just being lit up by it. And I'm so grateful for some, some really incredible people in my life because, uh, you know, my dear friend, Niels, who, who was there in Anaheim, um, told me, you know, I'm like, oh man, but you know, we have this fucking really kind of fucked up history. And he's like, who cares? Yeah. Literally just a simple question. Like he just looked at me and was like, who cares? 
and and another dear friend who who, who so sh- straightforward, yeah. so simple. I know. And you're like, oh, I, yeah. it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, another good friend, she kind of shared her uh, really similar journey with me, and and gave me this just beautiful phrase of just, you know, if you know you're going to be with this person, and the energy feels like you're you've been with them and are going to be with them, give up the struggle. Like, give up yeah. this 3D struggle. I mean, do you feel like? I feel like you just like know. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, hindsight's biased, but like, did you guys feel like you you just like knew, like you always oh, knew? Oh yeah. I I mean, maybe not always. Mm-hmm. I definitely was like, I your soul though, right? Not right. your head, totally. Yeah. Um, I knew when I married him that I wanted to be with him forever. Yeah. That was the most <laughs> balanced version of me, and I knew that I had gotten really, really out of balance and very far from my soul. And so once I had swung back into balance of some kind and found my soul again that connection to that spark of divinity that was in me that I had like totally you know turned the light out on I you know I wasn't surprised that I wanted to be with him again because he was doing the same like if he hadn't done the work that he had had no way I would you know have wanted to be back with him um, and so it was, it was really both of us doing the work on ourselves. And then that it was magnetic and it just like, attracted us back to each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it felt almost like, I mean, I can't speak as a channel, but there was one time when we were on the phone and I just like, it just came out of me. It just flowed out of me. We weren't back together yet, but I was like, I said something like, yeah, well, I don't, I don't intend on being with anyone else. And then kind of just kept talking. And he was like, wait, 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 can we, can we rewind? Can we go back to what you just said? Because we weren't back together. But I, there was a piece of me when I just let it flow and I, I didn't intervene with what was in my heart. That's what came out. Yeah. And I really didn't, I didn't intend on being with anyone else and it just flowed for me. And so from that point on, after that very shortly after we said okay we're was, we're in this yeah we're that was definitely this. a moment and for me you know part of the grieving process was i told myself that she never loved me even though i knew she did like and that was the thing that killed me for so long was like all the history all those yeah. childhood moments of like just pure bliss and things that were said and things that were done out of pure love i had convinced myself at this point and really it's just to kind of get through it that you know it was all a lie and um, to hear that was really, really profound. It really hit. And for me, that was kind of the final, like, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm really in. Yeah. Um, because when you said that, I didn't respond to it. I just was like, hmm. And I, I meditated on it and slept on it for a night. We called the next day. We talked the next day. I'm sure that was such a trip for you. It was a trip. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's beautiful about that is like, that's the furthest thing from any dating advice that you yeah, could ever right. get. Especially for the woman. Like I yeah. was the, yeah. I was the girl in the relationship up until that point that was like, no, you make the first move. You do this. Yeah. You text me first. I'm not the one to ask you. Like that was not my energy in dating. Mm-hmm. I would have never said that to a, 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 a guy that I was dating ever. But when you're with, when your soul knows someone else on that level, it's like the rules don't apply. Like when you speak from your heart and you let it flow, like you, when you open yourself up um, in love and, and, and in authenticity, like 
it can't not be recognized. Yeah. So it was Easter day of 2019. Yeah. Over the phone, essentially, we agree that we are back together. We we are boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> and yeah. ex-husband yeah. and ex-wife. <laughs> uh, and, and we book it. We booked Megan a trip to, to San Diego because so important for us in this was we need to spend time together and we need to go over some shit. Yeah, we need to, we, <laughs> we need, need to talk we about We hadn't some had shit. any really like hard conversations about like the shit that went down. So that was um, definitely like on the to-do list. Yeah. So, so uh, March was Anaheim. April was we're back together. Uh, end of April, early May, you fly down to um, San Diego. We spend just four days of a little bit of work and then a ton of bliss, just absolute bliss. And, and really shortly into that trip is like, we're, we're back in this thing. I don't, yeah, I don't care is, what happens. We're going to make this work. Um, we spend that summer, the summer of love, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before you, you move back in, in August of 2019. I moved back. I, I moved to, to California in with my ex-husband on August 18th, 2019, which would have been our sixth wedding anniversary. Wow. Wild. We had no idea. Until... We had no idea until I was like literally in the car, yeah. like hours away. And I was like, oh it's my gosh, this is our, this is like what would be our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were, there were a lot of uh, synchronicities that way with dates and everything, but yeah, wild trip. And cause we didn't meet that long after no. you had moved there. I think. Right. And cause I remember when you, when I first met you and I was asking where you live, you're being kind of weird. Like you were like, <laughs> Oh, I live with like my boyfriend. It was like weird. I was like, are you guys together? It was super weird the way you were answering. Obviously. Yeah. Cause he, we barely knew each other and you probably were like, I can't get into this. Yeah, right. Um, and I just remember being like, what, is, why is she being so weird about this? Like, she's like, yeah, we like just moved in. I'm like, do you like him? Like, yeah. I was like, like, like we're going to need a four hour podcast yeah. in two years yeah. to go over this. So can you put this on hold? But I saw you were like, it was so like in and out. Like I just moved in with him. Like, I don't know. I'm like, what is, what is going yeah, on? Well, I didn't ever know what to call him because yeah, I, I yeah. like, I I'm averse to the word boyfriend because yeah. boyfriend is fine. There's nothing wrong with that label. But, but it's when so you've had the history, yeah. boyfriend is very much like, we're dating we're trying this out yeah and it felt like i mean i want to say like yeah this man is my soul match yeah you know and so it's like we're little i could have said that to you and you probably would have been fine but like i I didn't know you yeah i I, I didn't know you at that time and so yeah it was always weird like trying to explain the situation like yeah i moved in with my boyfriend question mark yeah so yeah i can see why that would would have been so funny like looking back now you know um because then it was like it well it seems like after you guys decided that and then you moved in. It just seems like it was very quick and you just like slid into place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like it, it felt like, you know, I, I've, I've said this to other people and, you know, I was born and raised in Spokane, Washington, lived there most of my life. And I've been here with you in San Diego for two and a half years. And it feels more like home than any any place yeah. ever has. Wow. Um, it just makes my soul sing. And, and I know a big piece of that obviously is like where we live. We love it so much, but also like. Chase is home to me. His soul same. is home. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> oh my God, I'm chills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all going to cry. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. It, like, man, I mean, at what point did you guys start getting into like masculine, feminine energy, conscious relationship? Was that, was that part of the self-work or was that part of when you came together? You're like, how are we going to do this effectively this time? Yeah, I I started way back in like 2018. Um 
I was telling myself like, okay, clearly that's not how you do it. <laughs> you know, divorced at 26. How do you do this thing? And so I started digging into things. Um, first, there was a couple awful books that I read that were so like bad. I'm glad that I read them that in, you know, understanding that that's not how you do it, but I was interested in it. And so I was, it was coming to me. Um, and so I would, you know, <laughs> trial and error with the, with the guys that I was dating and I was wanting to learn, I was wanting to learn how to do it right. And so I remember the first bit of conscious relationship content, um, was from Alison Armstrong who's wonderful. She's very pragmatic. She's not very woo, but she really does give really great tips on how like communication and differences between men and men and women. Um, she's not using terms like masculine and feminine really, but she does do a great, great job there. Um, and, and I loved it. It was life-changing for me. I was eating it up and, and soaking it up. And then it was just kind of a snowball, like reading her books and listening to her on podcasts. And then I finally found John Wineland, who's very woo. You know, he's swinging the other uh, the other way where he's he, he is practical, but also very, you know, spiritual and very, you know, has this Buddhist type base of his own practice and everything. And I, I'm so moved by his work and learning about what masculine and feminine energy is. It, it feels like a secret to the universe, literally like almost angry the first time I hear about it and see how impactful knowing about this information, how it, how impactful it can be. I almost got angry. Like why the fuck doesn't anyone teach kids and totally. people this before they get married? 100%. <laughs> it was not anywhere, anywhere close to anything that was modeled for us or educated or, you know, in premarital counseling, like, no, nothing. And so I got kind of angry because like, I could have done so much better if I would have known about these basics. And then, you know, I'm devouring every piece of content that John Wineland has to offer. I go to a, um, a an in-person um, workshop, an intensive workshop, a women's workshop with him and my, my, my friend with like 30 other women. And it was, that was it for me. I was, I was hooked and I knew that I needed a John Wineland man. Like I needed someone that deep and wide. Mm -hmm. I needed that depth. Otherwise I was just going to be settling. And I was with someone, I had a boyfriend at the time and I was like, this is not, <laughs> this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew that I needed someone like that, but, um, I'll let Chase speak for himself, but I, I did, um, I, I think I was the one that introduced you to John Wineland because I had sent you a video like, Hey, have you heard of John Wineland here? Listen yeah. to this podcast. Yeah. And so I'd actually, our friend Luke story had ended up, uh, I actually had heard John on his podcast and I'm like, Oh, great, great stuff. Relationship stuff. But I never directly looked into relationship work. Um, I went hard into self-development and, um, as we've, as we now know, and, uh, as we've been talking about, um, so much of relationship work is self work, self love. It's finding health independently for yourself full, you know, full holistic health, mind, body, soul, such that you can have enough capacity for love in your life to introduce a partner into that. Yeah. And so, so much of the work that I'd put in was in the self-love space. That being said, I'd been introduced to this new way of expressing uh, a balanced, loving masculinity. Mm -hmm. And I had the fortune of having some really incredible men in my life that made me literally jaw drop um, in awe of the way that they spoke to their significant others and their children and uh, the way that they showed up as men in their community. And 
had been unlike anything that I'd ever seen in my upbringing, in my programming, in the Christian church. And I just literally said, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard my, you know, this, the, the now CEO of Organifi, who was, uh, is one of my best friends and her and her husband, who is my personal trainer. <laughs> so, so my, literally one of my best friends ended up being the CEO of Organifi and, and her uh, husband is my personal trainer that, that I've now been working with for four years. Um, I saw the way that he spoke to her and he referenced her as my love and my beloved. And I just was like, the fuck? <laughs> like, that's how I felt and could never say it. Yeah. And then Neil's this guy I've referenced now twice. Similarly, the way that he spoke to his wife and his kids and he treated this, this home as a kingdom. And I was like, oh my God, my mirror neurons are just thirsty yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. And um, so although it wasn't as direct, I absorbed it. And then when we started talking, you know, we'd send each other these types of things, even before we were back together. And it would be like, fuck, could have used this when we were married? Yeah. Ha, ha, like, ha ha ha. Yeah. Lol. LOL. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really started to dig John Wineland. Really, I, I really kind of just dove deep because I was pretty into kind of the Buddhist space at this time, not necessarily like a Buddhist myself, just really fascinated in this brand new adventure and um, started to kind of get into that space. And what does this look like to be really intentional about relationship and understand energies? It was really wonderful because I think once you um, understand a little bit of the basics, you're able to understand that your relationship doesn't just happen. It doesn't like life. It doesn't just happen to you. You create it. Yes. And so like in relationship, I feel like so many people are in this place where they're in routine and they are in their pattern and they have these neural pathways grooved of how they, you know, communicate and how they relate to their partner. And if you're just like, oh, people that have good relationships, they're just lucky. Like, no, you create it. And so moving into this more like ownership space of relationship felt really good of like, no, we get to create whatever we want. We just have to be aware. We have to want to, and you have to make it a priority. And at this time, like, you know, moving into, into your condo, like I wasn't working. I was kind of in between, like, this was my priority. He was my priority. I was my priority. And so like, I made it my job to figure this out and to start making, not start, but continue now that we're together and we're living together. What do we want to create? Well, I think that's that's the key. It's like consciously shifting the patterns because what so many people do, whether it's getting back with the same person or what they tend to do is they just show up with the same patterns in different relationships yeah. and they oh, think yeah. that they're going to get a different result. And it's like, no. you're the common denominator, yes. right? You have to be conscious of what the patterns are and like actually show up differently. I mean, I think your example of saying, I'm sorry, like that's a great example. It's like getting my ego out of the way and be like, this is the new the new pattern I want to instill. And so it might feel uncomfortable, but I need to say it. And then I feel this huge weight lifted off of me yeah, totally. and having the bravery to do that and be different. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, that's the key piece. Huge. And we yeah. had a couple of those moments show up opportunities to slip back into those old patterns and, and they mm-hmm. continue to show up to this day. Um, you know, we get these flashbacks of like what we call yeah. part one of our relationship <laughs> and we're like, Oh shit. Holy. Um, <laughs> but there was a moment for me where uh, I've talked about my, my sort of like uh, aggression and it was never directed uh, towards Megan, like, harshly directed towards her but it was aggression in the environment and you know i used to drop a dish or break a dish and it was a freaking f-bomb just laced rant and and anger um or 
road rage or you know some loud noises whatever just triggers this just this response of hostility uh we're in the condo first six months we're back together so and i i spill a soup out of the refrigerator and it goes every like everywhere all over the counter like all over myself and i i like pause for a minute and like look up at her and go fuck (laughs) (laughs) but that's it yeah yeah. and then i'm and then we both kind of look like we kind of chuckled and i was like gross that's gross yeah yeah (laughs) And, and we've surely had a few more of those moments where we talk about this all the time in our in our podcast and and with the people who've come to us and are asking these types of questions um you know what's the thing behind the thing and it's never the soup <laughs> it's never the yogurt it's never the clothes that are on the ground it's always the thing behind the thing is it hey i haven't had an outlet to be myself and let down for a long yeah. time so this little window of a loud noise is is going to make my compartmentalized mm-hmm. frustration in life blow the f up because i've never felt a safe enough container in our relationship to be able to spell out and share with you how frustrated i am in, with the world yeah. or with life or whatever that may be and so yeah. That's the thing behind the thing. It's not you or the fucking soup. And I think once you start doing that for yourself, that first internal dialogue, when you're like, why did I just get so triggered right there? And you start to ask yourself those questions apart from anything in relationship. It almost like primes your nervous system so that when your partner, you can tell is, is out of balance or if they're, you know, have a moment where they're unconscious or whatever you've already primed your nervous system to think, I wonder what the thing behind the thing is for them right now. And it's sort of, you, you sort of find yourself adopting this attitude of compassion and empathy, which is so critical in relationship and curiosity. I wonder why, you know, I wonder what is going on. How can I be of support? You know, not that you just sweep everything under the rug if they're being unreasonable or whatever, but I think instead of just like, oh, they're doing this to me to be awful because of X, Y, Z, really getting curious and asking those questions of like, what's the thing behind the thing for them right now? Mm. Jesus, I have so much I need to talk about, but <laughs> like, I think I, I, I really want you guys to come back and I want to talk more about like masculine feminine yeah. balance and like more specific things around how you show up now. Cause I feel like that's a whole other hour yeah. or two. Um, but I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. And I think that the thing that is so wild to me, like knowing you and knowing your story. And as you're talking, I'm getting all these, you know, vision and I'm like, I'm feeling the energy and I'm like, holy shit, you guys are different people, like different people. Like I can't imagine you as that version. And I cannot imagine you as that version, you know? And I think that's really important for people to hear because people can change. You know, most people choose not to, but yeah. like when you're conscious about it, you can, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and we tend to think about that in terms of other people, but it's also about ourselves. Right. And when you, when you believe like, I'm going to be this way, like when you're conscious and aware, you can choose to shift the pattern. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most empowering things about it. It's Absolutely. so true. I, I, I could not echo and support that phrase more. And that's not just in this space. It's in anything. It's the way you view money. It's the way you view your career, your health, your relationships. You can change. You can change that default mode. Mm -hmm. What's funny about this, I consider our marriage almost this like mystery other dimension that we experienced because we're more like we were at 16, at 31 and 32 than 
we were in our marriage. It was mm-hmm. this other dimensional experience that I'm so grateful for um, to have as a catalyst for now this just psychedelic life experience and relationship experience and to always have as a reminder. We were in Colorado a few weeks ago and we're just literally sitting at dinner and I, I just sit for a minute and realize that there is a potential world where I'm not with Megan on this trip and this life. And I feel this lump just ball up in my throat. And I'm just like, fuck babe, I just love you so much. Like I almost lost my shit because I just thought about living without you. And those moments happen. I'm not, I'm not crying every other day because of it, (laughs) but, but they happen enough for me to just wake up every morning, get off of my red light and go in and just smother her with just the the woo woo goo of love. And, the woo woo goo. I just can't even help it. It's it's such a beautiful reminder. Yeah. Mm. Wow. What a way. What a way to to wrap this up. <laughs> My heart. I mean, I'm so grateful that you guys shared your story. Um, and grateful that you allowed me to hold space for this. Yeah. Like I've been waiting for this and. I'm sure it's different when you're in it, right? But as an outsider, it's just like you guys inspire me so much. And mm. I'm so grateful to know you and to be, fr- I'm going to cry. But it's just like your energy, like you guys are just like, like the frequency of this unit is just like pure fucking love. Mm. And it's, it's, I, I, I've never encountered anything like it, you know? Mm. And I just like your energy transfer, I'm sure everybody here feels it. It's fucking powerful. It's healing, mm. you know? So mm. I'm really, really grateful. So thank you for, for sharing all of this. Oh, yeah. I, Thank I mean, you, so much. you are, um, you've been just a, a, an angel in my life. And not only do I look up to you in so many ways, but I just value your friendship. Um, you're one of those very rare people that I know that I could share anything with and there's no judgment. It's only like love and what's in your highest interest. You're not a sugarcoater, but you're going to like, you're going to accept and hold space and still show love for the person and and you're just you're a very rare human and i'm i'm just grateful that you're in that you're in both of our lives you Mm. know that um we both get to enjoy you um but you're you're very special to us thank you so much love fest yeah we're we're both crying (laughs) well you guys have to come back on yes Um, absolutely we will wrap up here we'll put all of your links in the show notes and i'm sure everybody's gonna be uh heading over your way soon (laughs) sounds good Wow. How amazing was that story? How amazing are Mimi and Chase? I'm so grateful that they came on the show and were willing to share their story so deeply and vulnerably. I just love them so much. And I'm sure that all of you are feeling the same way. And I'm just so grateful that I got to be the first person to have this deep dive conversation with Mimi and Chase. If you loved this as much as I did, which I'm sure you did, be sure to take a screenshot and share it to social media and tag all of us so that we can repost you and say thank you. And so that we know that you're listening, you can tag me at Christina, the channel and at Christina, the channel pod tag Mimi at Mimi underscore the medicine. You can tag Chase at the underscore chasen underscore one. And you can also tag at the medicine podcast. And those are the handles where you can find more from them as well. Be sure to check out their podcast, The Medicine. It is truly, truly amazing. All things mind, body, soul, relationships, spirituality, all the good stuff. 
I had the honor of being a guest on their show a while back. So you can check that out as well. And you can also head to their website, themedicine.com. And that's medicine without me. M-E-D-I-C-I-N. But be sure to hit up Mimi and Chase on Instagram. I know they would love to connect with you. So that is going to be it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you made it through the whole episode, I'm sure that you're just soaking in all of that amazing love. What an incredible story. I'm just still... I just love it so much. Amazing. All right. So soak in that love. Have an amazing rest of your day. And I will chat with you again next episode.